The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ah, the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. At the end of the day, that's all I want to do. I want to be a champion. In a way, it's like, I want to come here, I want to play for the home team and put a Laker jersey on. That's always going to be something that I want to fulfill, but at the same time, it's like, what's the best move, though? I know who I am as a player. I just want to help a team win. And I feel, you know, I feel comfortable doing so that with, you know, with Russ. Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where where there's smoke, there's kawaii Am I right, Alan? <laughs> Wait, is that a legitimate laugh, or are you... It was, actually. Yeah. Okay, cool. Does that, does yeah, where there's fake? smoke, there's kawaii <laughs> I read all the possibilities, and I don't recall that one, so good job. Uh, nice, nice. Cool. So... I mean, what, we're one and a half days out from recording our last episode and uh, how things can change in the matter of 36 hours in this pre-free agency or this free a- NBA free agency eve part two. And it hasn't even officially started. Alan, <laughs> give me your quick percentages. Uh, well, I don't, uh, let's see. How should we start this? How are you feeling now as opposed to the last 100. episode we did? 100? Okay. Tommy, what no. about you? How are you feeling no, now? No, not really, though. <laughs> Okay, Alan, go ahead. Let, let's go. Let's go. LeBron, PG, and then Kawhi. Let's go percentages. Sure. LeBron's still one hundred, and then Paul George, less than one hundred, but still high, like eighty. Eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, and then Kawhi. Kawhi was like zero in the last episode, or like ten percent for you, Kawhi Alan. Kawhi was very low at that point. Um, damn it! So this is kind of contingent upon what I just said about Paul George, though, huh? Like basically, I'm saying if if I were to say, oh, I think Kawhi's like a seventy percent chance, then I'm sort of saying there's a very high chance we get all three. Not necessarily. No. Okay. So I'll, I'll just take it separately. Kawhi. Uh. Uh. I give it like. Does it have to be like this off season, <laughs> or at just some point? <laughs> yeah, this off season. Okay, I'll give it like fifty percent. 
All right, Tommy, same same question. Your percentages for LeBron, PG, Kawhi? Uh, for LeBron, last episode I was 100. I'm still 100. For Paul George, last episode I was pretty high, dude. I, I don't yeah. honestly remember what it was. It was like over. It was like 90 plus, I think. <laughs> I'm like 30 now. Oh, shoot. Okay. On Paul George. Okay. And I'm probably like 70 on Kawhi. Oh, Okay. Uh, yeah, for me, I think LeBron's still 100 to 110. Um, Paul George, I think I was around 90 as well, 80 to 90, because everything was so hilarious with the documentary, and it got even more hilarious, but we'll get into it a little bit in a bit. Um, but yeah, for Paul George, for me right now, would probably be 50-50. And then Kawhi, you know, I, I had him a little higher than you guys the first episode, I'm probably at like 30 to 35%. Uh, but now with the recent developments that happened in the last two days, I would say 65% or so, um, obviously via trade. Uh, but yeah, with that said, before we delve deeper into the craziness that is NBA pre-free agency, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes. The more you rate and review us on iTunes, that's how many more times Paul George will continue to swish red wine in his glass alongside Dwayne Wade to discuss his basketball future in the corniest way possible. Alan, how did you like, uh, I don't know if you're a wine connoisseur, but how did you like Paul no. George's, uh, you, just no. I'm not. I mean, I like I like wine. I, I like some, some vino, you know, but uh, to call myself a connoisseur of anything in this world would be a gross overstatement. Okay, so I guess quickly, what did you think of the wine scene with uh, Dwayne Wade? It was cheesy as hell, um, <laughs> but uh, it's just—it was just so weird to me. Um, like, like, what are you trying to accomplish with this? That you know, what I mean, like, oh, there's an inside look of how things go down. Like, we invite each other over to our ridiculous houses and we drink alcohol together, and um, we just talk about how to go about this decision-making process. I mean, I'm sure the guys do chat like that, but I don't know, man. <laughs> it was just, it was just like the most generic kind of advice possible. You know what I mean? It, it's something that anybody could look up on like wiki, how, how to make difficult decisions for your life and you could find it. So, uh, wasn't particularly profound granted, of course, some sound bites, some quotes from Paul George were, were interesting, you know, maybe not what some people would expect, but overall it was like, yeah, a little cringy. Yo, it was corny AF, the way that people <laughs> say that we're corny AF. Yo, that was the definition of it right there. And it's even cornier and funnier to think about the fact that they actually had to prep that and the producer probably told him, all right, you're going to sit over here, Dwayne Wade, you're going to come down from the arches and then you're going to swish your wine glass. And you're going to talk about wine first. And yeah. then Paul George, you're going to come in and you're going to talk. And I bet they even had outtakes of this very candid moment. So I think that's that says everything for Do me. Do you remember the Chris Paul Jay-Z one? No. Oh, you don't? <laughs> that, one? that one's way better than this one, dude. Because, like, Chris Paul was talking about where he should go and all this kind of stuff. But oh. it, it just seemed so much more candid and authentic than this one. This one was extremely contrived and, like, scripted. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, for sure. All right. So, yes, please rate interview us on iTunes because the more you rate interview us, that's how many more times Paul George would awkwardly and cornily swish his red wine in his glass and act like he gives a damn. So, yeah, rate interview us on iTunes, um, especially these days as we're trying to pump out these episodes before they become obsolete and insignificant. We're turning this around really quickly for you guys so that they don't lose relevance. Um, the best way to support us and keep us going and let us know you're listening first and foremost is to rate interview us on iTunes. It's free, just like this podcast. Um, let me bring you guys back to, again, one and a half days ago, episode 190. Um, let's start with Paul George here. Let me throw out some quotes that we said. I don't know who said this, but quote unquote, <laughs> para- <laughs> to paraphrase, Man, the more we talk about this, the more I 100% think Paul George is coming to the Lakers. That was me. <laughs> yep, that was you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, because I started at like 90, and then we started talking about Because I think part one had just come out, right? So we were like, oh, he says he wants to win like 100 times. So actually, now that we're talking about it, it's kind of stupid, because obviously if you want to win, you should play with LeBron. That's what I was thinking. Yep. Anyway... I, I overestimated, <laughs> underestimated him, I should say. It's okay. I'll keep moving on. Uh, on Kawhi Leonard, to quote or paraphrase, I just don't even think the Spurs will even entertain a trade with the Lakers. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next quote. I keep talking myself out of a Kawhi scenario because I don't think I actually want it to happen. Last quote. Is LeBron and PG good enough for you? Or are you okay with trading a lot of the encore for Kawhi? <laughs> Uh, that was me. So obviously we're all over the place and the last day and a half or so, I mean, it's been nuts and it's all been Lakers centric, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, just quickly to summarize, all of a sudden the Spurs have come out like gangbusters and tried to put out this narrative and rhetoric that the Lakers are in panic mode. I think they're using the fact that obviously the sentiments on Paul George have shifted a little bit. I think there's some credibility to the fact that at the very, very least, Paul George is undecided. Um, And I think undecided at this point, you have to right now consider that a no for the Lakers, especially given the fact that with the way that timing has to shake out right with LeBron James decision, you know, Friday, tomorrow, or I guess today, depending on when you're listening to this, is the day that LeBron James has to decide whether he opts in. You know, just with all the timing issues that that are happening, there is some doubt and skepticism on whether or not Paul George will actually go to the Los Los Angeles Lakers, even in spite of this three-part documentary on ESPN. Um, So yeah, the Spurs have come out and actually said that they've engaged engaged on Kawhi Leonard-type trades with other teams and that the Lakers have actually opened negotiations with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, when just a day or two ago, San Antonio said, we're not going to talk to the Lakers at all. We're only going to talk to Eastern Conference teams. So obviously a lot has changed. And on top of that report, we also learned that LeBron James may be angling to try and get Kawhi Leonard to the Lakers before he makes his opt-in decision. I think the the general train of thought here is that LeBron James is trying to puppet GM as much as he can before free agency officially starts, which which makes a ton of sense. Uh, I think at the end of the day, um, we had conflicting reports, as we always do, that first, LeBron James would need a commitment from another star before actually signing with the Lakers. And then immediately after that, we learned that, oh, actually, LeBron James, irregardless 
an independent of Kawhi Leonard or Paul George is going to make his decision based off of himself, which means that he's likely going to become a Los Angeles Laker. He's just trying to make moves before anything official happens um, to make sure he's set, he's setting himself up the best way he can. Even if at the end of the day, when free agency starts, no one has committed with him yet. I think he's just trying to yeah, set himself up and, and make contingency plans in case Paul George does decide to draw this out or does decide to stay in Oklahoma City. We even had like a random report from Stephen A. Smith, which has since been rebu- rebuked that LeBron James reached out to Kevin Durant. So I, I think what you can take away from this is LeBron James is definitely talking to different NBA players, which is totally within the realm of possibility and legalities of pre-free agency. These players always talk to each other and try and figure out what they're going to do. Dwayne Wade in Paul George's special today even said when the Miami Heat super team thing came up that LeBron James came to him and said, hey man, what do you want to do? So I'm sure LeBron James is doing all of that right now. Um, And we'll get into our thoughts on Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in just a second. But yeah, so all that news is out there. Um, We have our, our Twitter pages up just in case anything breaks. But Yeah, Alan, I guess I'll start with you and we'll start with Paul George because I think the Kawhi Leonard news and San Antonio, the San Antonio Spurs being amenable to a trade, all of that kind of hinges on Paul George and LeBron James. So obviously last episode we were joking and and cracking jokes and fun about the part one of Paul George's special and just how ridiculous it was to hear Paul George talk about home, family, Los Angeles, and settling down and him potentially still having Oklahoma City in his mind amidst the fact that he's in his very big and very cushy Los Angeles mansion with his, you know, girlfriend and his kids and all of his friends and family members. Uh, We thought that was pretty hilarious. But I think, obviously, things have changed. I think it's become more credible um, from multiple different sources and rumors that Paul George is at the very least undecided and at the very worst is leaning towards Oklahoma City. But again... The Lakers pitch meeting with Paul George hasn't happened yet. I think we'll know more once free agency starts. Obviously, if Paul George waves the pitch meeting, then we all know where he's going or where he's staying. Um, but yeah, Alan, I guess, where do you stand with with Paul George now? And I guess if you want to talk about what you saw in part two of his special today, because part two aired on ESPN, um, and just summarize it a little bit. Um, yeah, just let me know your sentiments on Paul George and why you're down to, did you say 30%? I said, I said- Oh, no, no, it's 80. at 80. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, okay. So why, I guess why are you down to 80% at this point? And uh, if you could talk upon, if you could touch upon Paul George's part two. Yeah. I mean, he started off just by talking about how much he adored Kobe and wanting to wear a Laker jersey. And he said that's always a part of what he's going to want to do with his basketball career is play for his home team. So more than the first half of this like seven minute thing, was focused on the Lakers and just building that up. And even when he was talking to Dwayne Wade, uh, he talked about, you know, wanting to play at home and that sort of thing. And then he made a turnaround and said, however, you know, I really do care about winning. And I feel like I could see myself doing that with Russ. Like, I feel comfortable with that idea. And, you know, Dwayne Wade just kind of said, like, look, you just got to do what's best for you. you. You can't have any regrets, whether you're the first option, second option, third, you have to be able to live with that. And, um, you know, when you're making your decision, consider all those factors <clears throat> because at the end of the day, like you just have to be happy. And I mean, that's pretty much what he said. I don't, I didn't leave anything significant out. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So, well, Dwayne Wade kind of gave a stank face when when Paul oh, George did. was like, you know, I want to play with the Lakers and all that stuff, but you know, I just want to do what's best for me, and I think I can do that with Russ. And Dwayne Wade's like, what? what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, it was it was a little, it was like a a very blank stare for sure, and his <laughs> eyelids were like halfway shut, kind of like those Kobe Lebron puppet commercials, like you know what yeah. I mean? It was like. This deadpan, like, are you serious? Like, why, why are you flip-flopping between these two things, you know? Like, you just declared your love for L.A. and the Lakers and Kobe, and now here you are going the complete opposite of that. And he just told Paul George about how LeBron James reached out to him and was like, hey, man, you want to play together? What are you planning to do? And this is, like, a similar scenario that could yeah. unfold, and Paul George is totally, like, missing that fact, which... <laughs> Which is hilarious. You know, it's funny. They yeah. probably should have just done puppets of Dwayne Wade and Paul George. That would have been more entertaining with the wine, like swishing the wine and stuff. But Spilling anyways, all over the place. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Describing all of that, what what makes you a little more uncertain about Paul George? Are you starting to... I don't know if anything in the documentary can actually point you to his decision. Because again, this is Hollywood, right? Yep. They want... And they filmed this on what? June 15th or something? Yeah, this is like and two they weeks want to ago, build. Yeah, you know? they want to build up the suspense. ESPN knows what they're doing. So even if Le- like Paul George is undecided, once again, until he neglects his pitch meeting, yeah, it's still fifty fifty in my opinion. Well, what about you? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a production, so they got to leave things up in the air to keep people watching. So, and I'm sure they put their themselves in our shoes. Like after part one, we're like, oh my god, it's a hundred percent. Now today, it makes it feel like. For some people, far less than 100%, all the way down to 0% chance he's coming. So, good job. Like, they got us hooked. Um, But it's interesting, because I read the quotes before I watched the video. And as I was reading it, I thought, oh, crap, like, this this doesn't look very good. And then I watched it, I'm like, this is not that bad. Um, If he were to stay in OKC, would we kind of reference this? And like, oh, yeah, he did say he feels comfortable with Russ. Like, yeah, of course we would say that. But I'm just not, like as convinced as some people that this is an absolute like zero chance that he comes to the Lakers because of this video. Um, I think he's just flip-flopping back and forth and he sounds very indecisive and he's weighing all of his options. Like he even started listing other teams. Like he's like, or, you know, there's Philly, there's Boston, there's the Clippers. And it's like, okay, well at that point, like now you're making it sound like you have zero clue as to where you want to go. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I am not that deeply affected by Yeah, I guess for me, the reason why I've kind of tilted downwards is because I take the ESPN, not even, I'm actually just taking the ESPN documentary out of the equation. I think hearing from Wojnarowski that Paul George is undecided and and other credible news sources saying that there's more to this than just leverage or hearsay that Paul George really might be leaning towards going back to Oklahoma City. And then on top of that, corroborating that evidence with outside you know quote-unquote outside sauces and then people on reddit saying that they have a close source to them that says paul george is definitely coming back i i've i've seen more of those threads than i have the opposite if that makes sense and you know the way that so we're kind of smoke there's more smoke yeah, yeah and the way that we're sniffing the smoke or smelling the fire with lebron james and we're reading the breadcrumbs or the baguettes like we said <laughs> from lebron james the way that biscuits the way that we're reading those for lebron james i think we should also do that for paul george and right sure. now if i'm just looking at it at it objectively there have been more there's been more smoke and more yeah. breadcrumbs to the opposite so <laughs> yeah if you made a pie chart of like blue and orange smoke compared to purple and gold smoke it would definitely be uh yeah a little more one-sided and also, 
I mean, this is like secondary, but there was also a, a report, or not a report, I saw it on Twitter that BetSportsOnline.com, it's like a, a betting site, they removed all future odds from Paul George. So I don't know if they got tipped off or anything like that. Oh, but, that's interesting. So that's interesting, right? And 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 if you connect the if you try and connect the dots a little bit to like what LeBron James is doing, right? This is why it's so connected and contingent upon one another. But I guess one could argue you can argue it the other way too. But you can argue that if LeBron James is uneasy and uncertain about Paul George's decision, then he'd probably push the Lakers or try and apply some pressure to other guys to join the Lakers with him. You know, and I think that's why. Not only are the Spurs coming out of the shadows and out of the dark to engage the Lakers and try and get the best offer they can as possible and and regain any sort of leverage, but I think the Paul George thing is also causing LeBron to potentially act and apply some pressure on the Lakers as he's doing this side GMing stuff before free agency starts. Before he even is a Laker, which is hilarious. Before he even is a Laker, (laughs) yeah. Um, So, Tommy, I guess I'll throw it to you. Like, What are your thoughts regarding Paul George and why why have your sentiments changed from... 90 to 30 at this point and and if you have any thoughts on the part two special as well go ahead uh yeah i was gonna say i totally agree with alan's assessment in the sense that i also read what he said um before i watched it and when you watch it it's like not nearly as bad as when you read it it's like oh my god this guy basically said in this video he's going to oklahoma he's going to go back to (laughs) oklahoma city and then you watch it and it's like I still don't really know if I'm swayed by that. Um, but anyway, the video to me is is not super important because like you said, they can literally make you think. I mean, there, there are two options and they can make you think whatever they want to make you think about those two. You know, you have no way of knowing from the video. So I think I'm just more swayed by, like you said, kind of just the general sentiment, I guess, is like a good way to describe it. It's not one particular source that I saw that I trust. It's just, it's more the, the there's too much of a vibe that that's yeah. going to happen. You know what I mean? And the thing is we've seen historically teams, they can keep this stuff pretty secret, but if you want to be totally objective, like we obviously we're Lakers fans. So we tend to view things through a Lakers lens. Right. But for a year, everybody in the media was saying that Dwight was going to Houston and it was a done deal. And when free agency started, it was like he met with Houston and immediately everybody at the Houston, before the dinner even happened, everybody on the Houston pitch team was like, it's fine. We already signed him. You know what I mean? So it's like stuff like, I feel like word, like word about this kind of thing tends to get around. Um, and I just feel like people have been hearing, you know, just here and there that the, Paul George is probably going to stay. And then here we are now. And I, I just feel like, I mean, if they, if they are, if he ends up coming to the Lakers after how this, just this whole, all the rumors have been going the last couple of days, I guess I would just, I would be pretty shocked at this point. They did a really good job of media manipulation. If, if that's the case. I think also there's like a, a part, there's like some specificity to it too, where people also believe that he's going to sign like a one plus one or a two plus one deal, right? So I think when details like that kind of get out, it feels a little more believable. I think for me, I'm still going to err on the side of, I guess maybe a 
50-50 maybe with purple and gold glasses, but I think 60-40 makes more sense for OKC. And again, for me, the tipping point has always been, well, what happens when the pitch meeting ha- when the pitch meeting occurs with Magic Johnson and Rob Palinka? I think that could be yeah. the swaying point. Well, we know that he likes corny, so maybe we should actually keep that <laughs> yeah. poem thing. I mean, that poem, yeah, that poem would have done wonders for Paul George. That's why they wrote the poem, dude. They wrote it for him. How many times did Magic say, you know, you got to know the personality of the players, you got to know what kinds of things they like, what appeals to them, so we're going to tailor or everything to that's like well make him some freaking cornbread because this guy loves corn <laughs> Calm the video bread. is Calm just bread, like bro. it's so frustrating for me to watch because everybody everything he said or everything that's come out in the media suggests to me that he's probably going to stay in okc but then you watch the video and it's like dude you're gonna look so dumb if you said all this stuff and then you ended up going to okc you're literally talking to a guy in the video that lebron (laughs) helped win two rings (laughs) and won mvp both times i just want to win i just want to win and it's like what do you and it's and it's also one of lebron's best friends and you are seriously expect us to believe that that person didn't tell you if you want to win, obviously you should play with LeBron because he's the best player in the in the entire NBA. Um, it, it's just so absurd for him to be saying this kind of stuff if he turns around and signs a one plus one deal or you know two plus one or like even if he signs a full five year max, it's just going to be so absurd given. Their horrible cap situation is so widely known and like yeah. publicly accepted at this. Like their their cap situation is complete crap. It's not like they can turn it around in two years and all of a sudden create all this cap space. It's like him and Westbrook are going to be taking seventy five percent of the cap for just the two of them, you know. And they're both frankly flawed players, so it's hard to fill out a roster. You know, Steven Adams takes literally the remaining 25%. So it's like, it's hard to fill out the rest of your roster with minimum players and, and like rookies. Um, when you, the two guys who are making 75% of your money are relatively flawed players. Yeah, they're going to be like their cap next year if Paul George resigns for the 30 million is going to be 150 million. And then on top of that, you get the multiplier tax and the, the repeater tax as well. So I don't even know that could skyrocket to 200 plus million that they're paying. Um, for a roster that is essentially the same thing as last year. And even when Carmelo Anthony comes off the books, they're still going to be way over the cap and they don't, they have very minimal ways to improve their roster. They may, they maybe have Terrence Ferguson as their only asset and Steven Adams, who they essentially need as well anyways. So yeah, I think for me, I mean, we, we, we talked about this too in our message that about how I'm not going to put it past Paul George that maybe he's just an oddball, you know? And if he decides after all of this, because there, there is an argument to be made that when he's saying all this Los Angeles stuff and how he wants to be at home and play for his own team, but he wants to do make what's the make the best decision for him and, and the best winning decision, all that stuff, um, that he's just pandering to the Los Angeles crowd and just trying to let us down easy as Lakers fans. That maybe he just started this entire montage off by talking about how he watched Kobe Bryant growing up. He didn't want to be in in a Thunder jersey. He didn't want to be in a um, Indiana jersey. He wanted to be in a Lakers jersey. Like one could look at that and say, oh, maybe he's letting us down easy. And so if we go with that train of thought and at by the end of this, he's like, hey, I had to make a quote-unquote grown man move and even though it's at home and it's comfortable I want to 
you know, finish out the business that I that I wasn't able to complete with Russell Westbrook when we got ousted in the first round. I really like Russell Westbrook. And then on top of it, like Aaron Mintz outlined in that diagram on the screen for him, he is going to make a ton, a, a buttload of money with Oklahoma City. That is if he signs the full five years. Um, but reports say that he's only going to sign one plus one or two plus one. But in any case, um, I guess, Alan, what are your thoughts if Paul George actually you know, decides to go back to Oklahoma City in the way that he's doing it right now through this three-part special. I mean, we keep reiterating how ridiculous it is. And for me, the more it becomes a reality, the more I just kind of chuckle and I'm just like, man, this guy's nuts. This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. Yeah, I mean... The idea that he's a people pleaser isn't really anything new based on what we've heard and witnessed from afar, but I think um, as there's a little bit more accessibility to him, we're seeing it come out more and more. Like you said, he's pandering to Los Angeles on one hand, and then he's pandering to OKC on the other, and then he pandered very, very slightly for like three or four other teams, Um, and it's just, I don't want to go as far to say like, He's a head case, and this guy's a freaking weirdo, and he reminds me of, like, some other divas, a.k.a. Like, like Dwight Howard or something like that. I won't go that far, but he does seem a little, like, and again, this is, like, we obviously don't know this guy personally, but he, he seems a little immature, and he does have to make, like, a grown-ass man move, which is basically what Dwayne Wade told him, and um, I, I think... If he's truly doing this behind the scenes, like talking to a lot of people, getting their opinions and um, trying to understand how to make a very you know good decision, I don't blame him for that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. You should look up to other people and have mentors and whatnot. But it just comes off as a little like, man, like just handle your business, you know, like stop thinking about other people and like just think about yourself, dude. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't like completely flipped on him or anything like that, but it does reveal a little bit and it does give off a slightly different vibe than I had before. And also, I mean, I, nobody is going to knock him for doing all of those things that you mentioned in terms of talking to a bunch of people, getting advice and counsel from a from several different sources and really weighing his relationship with Russell Westbrook because as far as we've all seen like they have a very very tight relationship. No one's going to knock him for those things and no one's going to knock him for taking the most money he can get uh with Oklahoma City Thunder. But if he's being as judicious as, you know, we we think he is, then why did he even do this three-part documentary? You know, yeah. it's, it's so silly. <laughs> it's it's to look like some sort of hero. But at, he's like playing with two teams' emotions, you know what I mean? And it's it's one way or another He's going to get slammed. I mean, maybe he doesn't care, but uh, before we move on to Kawhi, Tommy, did you have any last thoughts on just the way Paul George is awkwardly and weirdly handling this? I think, sorry to cut you off, I feel like he might genuinely be this torn, though. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I'm sure he is, and this is just the way that he's displaying it. And he might be <laughs> like, oh, I didn't mean to piss anybody off. 
this is just how I genuinely felt, and it's good TV. And I guess if you, if we're not Laker fans or we're not Thunder fans or Clippers or Celtics or whatever else he mentioned, like if we're um, Memphis Grizzly fans, yeah, we might be watching this and be like, oh, damn, like, you know, we could just enjoy it in that sense. So It's not so great TV, but Tommy, <laughs> your, your thoughts? <laughs> Try to be objective. <laughs> Um, I'm not really sure what Paul George is doing. Uh, I just, I don't understand any of it. It's, it's, it's such a weird thing to think that this was a good idea to do if you're just going back to the same team. Like you don't owe anything to anybody else. You're already on that team, you know, go through with the meetings and go back to your team. Why do you need to make this weird video about it? You know what I mean? (laughs) But then, like, if you are coming here, I guess I kind of get it, but maybe you're also overestimating. I don't know. Paul George is a really good player, and if we get him, I'm going to be very happy. But are, is he overestimating his stature in the league? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's not, you know, he's not LeBron James. Uh, when LeBron did the decision, it was like, okay, well, a top three, four, you know, a top three, at least, player in the NBA at that time um, is leaving teams. That's a huge thing. You know, this is like, he's good, but I don't know, good players leave teams all the time. So <laughs> it, it's just like weird, dude. I don't get it. Do you think it, it was like, his idea or do you think someone else kind of threw it out there? No, I think a hundred percent it was his agent because yeah, his agent exactly. is like the star of the show. Right, yeah, dude. <laughs> There's a lot of Aaron um, Mints in there. There's a lot of Aaron Mints in there, dude. So I'm sure it was his agent. I don't know. Again, I don't know if it, the goal is to. It feels like the. It felt like from the beginning that the goal was to make him not look bad to OKC people. Like he's not a traitor. Yeah, a he's not like thing. KD. It's like a face saving thing because they've just been through this, you know. So you don't want Paul George to be the next most hated person. So you know, like, put bro, this video it doesn't matter. <laughs> how hard of a struggle it was. But if he's actually just going back to OKC, it's so, it's just so completely psychotic, dude. We keep what finding ourselves in the video. same place. We, we got ourselves back to the same place we were at the last so episode. Psychotic. It is, it is a little ridiculous. And, you know, maybe if he does end up going back to the Lakers, maybe part of his calculus and all of this was, well, I've, in the last year or so, I was the number two guy to Russell Westbrook. When I go to the Lakers, I'm going to be the number two guy to LeBron James. I just want my shine for this moment right here. And this is the last moment I'm going to get, you know? So maybe that's what he's thinking. Like, at least if I'm going to, if I've decided to become the number two to stay, if I, he's going to be number two either way, wherever he goes, right? Whether he stays with Russell Westbrook or whether he plays for LA with LeBron Once James. he goes to the Clippers. Unless it goes to the Clippers, exactly. Um, but pretty much everywhere else he goes, he's going to be number two. So maybe he's like, let me just milk this for all that it's worth and get a special out of this because this is the last time like any sort of spotlight's going to be on me. And regardless of whether or not his stature actually deserves it, he's getting spotlight. We're Man, all we're, freaking, we're, we're 35 <laughs> minutes into freaking talking about him swishing wine. It's ridiculous. Um, with that said, let's transition to Kawhi Leonard and the San Antonio Spurs. Um, so yeah, every, everything about this free agency is crazy. There's about faces happening left and right. I called it leverage hacky sack. It seems like that seems like what's going on right now. Leverage hot potato Spurs started listening to offers from other teams. Um, all of a sudden they've engaged the Lakers and who knows who's putting it out there. Pretty sure it's the Spurs kind of 
painting the Lakers in this panicky light that the Lakers are desperate for Kawhi Leonard so that they can attract LeBron James because LeBron James needs another star. And then we zoom out and we learn LeBron James is going to come regardless of anybody else. He's just doing his own thing on the side and trying to talk to other people, even though he's like jumping off cliffs and stuff in the Caribbean or Cabo. Anyways, he's on vacation right now, but I'm sure he's still talking to players. But, you know, amidst all of this stuff, um, when we zoom out, we realize, oh, the Lakers aren't that desperate. At the There was one article that actually said the Lakers just want to get Kawhi Leonard to quote-unquote sweeten the pot for LeBron James. Um, and also they know that if they get Kawhi Leonard, it's undeniable. LeBron James will come. So I guess, Tommy, what, what are your thoughts about the sudden about face by San, the San Antonio Spurs and who really has the leverage in all of this? Um, I think there's some truth to the fact that LeBron James would prefer to have somebody already on deck, especially so that makes his decision for opting out or opting in a lot easier. But yeah, I, I think, okay, so for me, I think this is what happened. I think LeBron James is talking to people. I think when he hit up Paul George, Paul George legitimately told him, I'm undecided, or maybe even I'm leaning towards Oklahoma City, but I still have a pitch meeting with Magic and Palenka next week, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but for LeBron, at this at this juncture, uh, an undecided Paul George isn't good enough. Like He's going to need a definitive, yeah, I want to win a championship with you in LA, probably the same way that Dwayne Wade you know, confirmed that, yeah. Come, let's let's do it together, you know, um, to get a I'm not sure from Paul George isn't good enough. So I'm sure LeBron James is now pivoting and GM puppeting behind the scenes and hitting up other people that he could potentially play with, whether that's obviously he didn't do it with KD, but whether it's establishing any sort of communication lines with Kawhi and his people, or maybe even reaching out to Chris Paul, who he's good friends with, or maybe DeMarcus Cousins down the line. I'm sure LeBron James is pull. Uh, pu- pushing out feelers, you know, putting out feelers. But I think the media right now, and especially the San Antonio Spurs, wants want to paint that as, oh, LeBron James wants somebody to commit first or else he's not coming and the Lakers need to get this done now. But I think what's really happening, and Tommy, you can give me your opinion after this, is the Spurs engaged other teams like Boston, um, who else was the Sixers, and they're not getting the packages that they'd like. And now they're like, uh... Lakers, are you going to pony up? Because LeBron James seems like he wants another star. Um, so yeah, Tommy, what are your thoughts on on the about face that the Spurs have taken here and, and I guess the LeBron angle? The Spurs in this situation have such little leverage and they just really need to latch on to any leverage they can grab, right? And this was their best chance, you know, was... I, I, but it's like, I'm not really sure what the objective is still really, like what incentive either side... We know that the, I guess like if you want to view it, I, I, I view this whole situation from like a little bit of a conspiracy theory angle, like not, I don't want to go too far down rabbit holes, but, but, uh, if you believe that LeBron James is coming no matter what, then which side has an incentive to force this weird arbitrary, oh, they need to have somebody before July 1st. Mm. All I'm saying is we know that the Spurs would not talk to the Lakers at all when this whole process started. And there were reports that, you know, the Spurs listened to offers from a bunch of teams, but they wouldn't even listen to an offer from the Lakers. And if you're the Lakers, maybe you have some incentive to put out there a July 1st, oh, we, you know, the Lakers are feeling pressure to make a move or because they think that LeBron needs somebody. That's just a way to open up the communication lines. I guess if you're viewing it like 
at least, I feel like all three of us actually said that we think 100% LeBron is coming. So if you view it from 100% LeBron is coming and everybody knows LeBron is coming already, you know, you have... This, you know, you have no motivation to create that kind of rumor, or I guess in the Spurs, I don't really see any, any motivation on their end to start that kind of noise because, like, it doesn't create leverage if the Lakers already know that LeBron is coming, regardless. You know, so I, I just I feel like the whole the media is doing a really interesting job of how they're framing the leverage situation here with some of the packages that I've seen uh, suggested, but. Um, I think, I, I mean, I guess that's the, I, I guess that's why I think generally the, the Spurs came back to the table. It, that plus a combination of like what you said, I'm sure they were looking East and they're like, this guy's not going to stay. And nobody in the East is offering anything because he's telling them that he's not going to go there. So you're really our only chance to get anything of value. And I think it serves a dual purpose, what they're doing, right? It's one to bring Los Angeles to the table. Um, but also to use Los Angeles as leverage to for a team like the Boston Celtics if they're like, all right, well, we're just going to talk to L.A. now and they're probably going to give us a better exactly. offer. Um, but yeah, it was interesting that the Woj and Ramona article came out and then on the side, Ramona like went on all these radio shows and said, yeah, you know what the Spurs are doing. They're trying to extract leverage and regain leverage. And in my opinion, Paul George and LeBron James are still coming to L.A. So it's funny that she'd say that on the side, but not in her article, right? And she's maintained that stance throughout. Not to say that we should, you know, fully believe and still side ourselves with that line of argument that Paul George and LeBron James are coming, but only that I don't think everything is as perilous as the media is making it out to seem um, right now. Because, as again, Woj is a mouthpiece for multiple different teams. And while his relationship with Rob Palenka is pretty tight and he does say what they want him to say, I'm sure it's not mutually exclusive. He's also going to do that for the Spurs, R.C. Buford, and Greg Popovich. Um, So I think that's what's happening here. The Spurs, to me, are the ones who are panicky. They are just very professional and they're, they're experienced in the way they know how to do this, right? Like for me, their time is running out um, because the moment that LeBron James officially commits to the Lakers and it's widespread knowledge that LeBron James is a Laker, they lose all leverage at that point. And especially with how the Paul George thing is going down, if Paul George doesn't actually sign with the Lakers, then the Lakers still have one max free agent slot that they can carry into 2019 and just tell the Spurs, yo, we're not trading for him. We're going to wait for 2019 and just sign DeMarcus Cousins to a big one-year max this year, and we'll be okay. We already got LeBron, you know? So I feel like it's actually the Spurs who have to get a deal done before free agency starts and extract as much value as they can from the Lakers uh, while puffing themselves up and acting like they do have the leverage because they know the package is only going to get worse and worse the moment any sort of free agent stars um, commit to the Lakers. And all, honestly, all it takes is LeBron. So, Alan, I guess what are your thoughts about the Spurs about face and the fact that actually that the Lakers are actually strongly engaging as well? They may not be as desperate as the media is making them out to me, uh, making them out to be, but it does seem like they want to get a deal done as well because from their perspective, I think they would want to sweeten the pot for LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard is a top five player. Uh, we still don't know what the packages are. And initially it said that Brandon Ingram was going to be the centerpiece of any Lakers Spurs package because that's the player the Spurs really covet. But then Tanya Ganguly, you know, tonight just mentioned that Brandon Ingram has not been offered up in any trade. 
And that could just mean that he hasn't been offered in a trade, but they may have discussed him. So I guess what are your thoughts on the San Antonio Spurs like coming into play here all of a sudden and the Lakers actually engaging? This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. Well, my stance has changed from one and a half days ago when I said uh, there's no way the Spurs are going to do that, and I could see them <clears throat> hanging on to Kawhi for another year and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it, it obviously sounds like they're engaged and they do want to obtain some value for him. Uh, I'm definitely happy to hear. I mean, like you said, we don't know if Bi will eventually be included in trade talks, but God, it would make me so sad <laughs> to lose Brandon Ingram, yeah. but. As you mentioned, there are so many other packages being thrown out there, like B.I. and Kuzma. It's like, holy crap, like, we don't have to give up the whole freaking farm considering the position we're in. So, um, <clears throat> thankfully, you know, we think that Majinka is, um, you know, they're not going to panic. There's always next year eventually. Yeah, like you said, we could tell the Spurs, all right, screw it. Like, we're just going to wait and then we'll sign them out, right? Um, so, as far as Kawhi goes, we're we're in a very good position, whether it's this year or next year. And uh, it's it's really interesting to see the Spurs in a position like this because, yeah, they're extremely professional and they know how to do business well, but they've never been in this specific type of position, um, at least since, you know, this regime took over that entire um, organization. So they've been the epitome of stable and all that kind of stuff. And here they are. Um, possibly floundering but looking for options to um you know prepare for the departure of what's supposed to be the face of their franchise for the next uh for the next generation so it's really interesting it'll be interesting to see no matter how it plays out um how the spurs handle this entire thing what their approach is uh at what point do they you know press that that button and get the green light to actually make a move um yeah, in that sense, they're unproven as far as how to deal with this sort of thing. That's true, and that's a good point. And I think we actually overestimated the Spurs' hardline stance and underestimated Kawhi's hardline stance because at the end of the day, we we want it, we like to say, oh, the Spurs have leverage, or the Lakers have leverage, or maybe the Spurs have it now. Kawhi has the most leverage in this situation. And Tommy, I wanted you to speak to this a little bit, but I feel like even if Paul George and LeBron James sign with the Lakers... I feel like Kawhi still has leverage because like we mentioned before, when all of this first started, Kawhi Leonard said, my preferred destination is Los Angeles. Obviously, I'd love to go to the Lakers first and foremost, but Los Angeles will do. So he left the Clippers as a destination. You know, people are saying, okay, well, if Paul George comes and LeBron James comes, that that takes out the one max scenario for the Lakers for 2019. So they can't say, oh, we'll just wait for 2019. But what that does is Kawhi Leonard has said, I think that only gives Kawhi Leonard more leverage to tell the Spurs, trade me to the Lakers. That's the only place I want to go. If you don't trade me, then you're not going to get anything because I'll just walk to the Clippers in 2019 because they'll have cap space. So even if Paul George and LeBron James both come, I feel like Kawhi Leonard could actually push for a trade to happen immediately after that. And then, like I just mentioned already, 
if Paul George doesn't come, then the Lakers have all the Lakers and Kawhi have the leverage to say, all right, well, we'll both just wait for 2019 and the Lakers can do a stopgap max guy and all that. So I don't know if you wanted to elaborate a little more on just Kawhi's Kawhi's like leverage in this situation, whether it was intentional or not. Yeah, I mean, I think you summarized it well. It basically he left open Los Angeles generally. So even if we sign two guys, he still has the Clippers to fall back on because they're definitely going to have cap space next summer. So he can say, tell you know, it. He never loses his leverage with respect to the Spurs. You know, if your leverage is telling everybody, I'm only going to the Lakers, if you know, the situation changes and the Lakers sign two max guys and that's the only team you said and that everybody knows you're they're not going to have cap space next year, then that's not like a legit excuse and you could get traded anywhere. It makes you a more valuable player for the Spurs to trade. But you're like self-reducing your value by saying this because, you know, by, by putting the Spurs in the situation because you, like you said, you have that leverage the whole time. So... I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it was a pretty interesting play if it was intentional. Um, and uh, it's good for us, I guess, in the end. And I think it's working because, you know, some of the, the packages from other teams started to leak. Like the, the Celtics are not going to give up Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, you know. So what are they going to give up? Terry Rozier, finally? You know, the Sixers probably could p- potentially be the team that, takes that risk because they do have extra assets that they can sort of relinquish without being gutted like the Lakers would be. Um, So they might just do it without any assurances. The problem is I think Kawhi Leonard, as I mentioned in the last episode, I think he he's taken such a more deliberate approach to all of this that he may actually tell the Sixers, you can trade for me, but I'm not going to play this season. I won't even walk into the facility. And if he does that, then even the Sixers will say, well, this guy's not even going to play. I'm not going to do it, you know? Um, we'll see if he ever takes it that far. But at this point, I wouldn't be surprised, you know? So um, the only other new interesting tidbit that came out, and we're still not sure how reliable this this rumor is, but it's I guess it is sort of reliable because even Woj stated and some other reporters stated that the Lakers may be looking to other teams to try and gain a first round pick so that they can sweeten the pot for the Spurs. Now look, obviously the Lakers have the leverage here, but they're the first round picks that they themselves would give up to the Spurs coming in the future are not going to be great, especially if they have LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard. So in order to entice the Spurs to potentially take on uh, a Brandon Ingram centered package, they would have to attach some first round picks that the Spurs would potentially like and and that would come from other teams um and so there's this rumor that came out that the lakers and nuggets are trying to work out a deal where denver would give the lakers some some guys who have big contracts because the the Den- denver is about to resign or maybe they just resigned nikola jokic to an extension and that puts them over the cap and they're going to be paying a lot of luxury tax and um if they can get off of some guys as big contracts like Kenneth Fareed, who's making $14 million, Wilson Chandler, who's making around 13 and Daryl Arthur, who's making around $7 million, they would potentially give up a first-round pick just to offload those guys, and so they can get some salary cap relief uh, in the short term. So the rumor is that the Lakers and Denver are potentially working out a deal where the Lakers would get some of those guys like Wilson Chandler or Kenneth Reed or, or both. And in exchange, they would get a Denver 2019 first and potentially maybe 
shift that over to the Spurs as part of their package. Um, so I actually outlined this on our Twitter account at Lakers Legacy Pod. This is just one scenario, and this is I'm not saying the Lakers are going to do this in any way. I'm just I was just trying to find ways in which if the Lakers move on from the Paul George angle, like let's say they they have a hint that Paul George isn't going to come to Los Angeles, they may just move on to the LeBron James. LeBron James angle plus let's try and trade for Kawhi now so but the problem with that angle is that in order to get Kawhi now you have to trade some pieces Um, and so my proposal was the Lakers would get Denver's 2019 first Wilson Chandler who's making 13 million and Daryl Arthur who's making 7 million so essentially the Lakers get a Denver first round pick to take on 20 million in expiring contracts. And Wilson Chandler is a player that can play for the Lakers, another wing that you can use off the bench. So that's not even a bad thing. Um, in this scenario, Denver would get $20 million in salary cap relief. Maybe they get like a second round pick or something. Who knows? Um, but essentially, the Lakers would then take that Denver 2019 first and give it to the Spurs. And the Spurs' final package would be Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Zubats, if we retain him, his contract, and don't waive him. Uh, Denver's 2019 first and a 2019 Lakers first, their own, um, with Denver being the better of those firsts. So a lot of Lakers fans probably say, oh, that's too rich for the Lakers. And it well might be. But even in this case scenario, um, we would get Kawhi Leonard, um, we would sign LeBron James, and we would actually be able to re-sign Julius Randle. And all we would have to do is stretch Luau Deng. Now, if we're able to force the Spurs to take Luau Deng, then... Everything is gravy and the money works out very easily. And we still have Julius Randle, Kyle Kuzma, uh, Lonzo Ball, Mo Mo Wagner, Thomas Bryant, and we can fill out the roster from there. Um, In the scenario that I outlined where we don't ask the Spurs to take on Dang and we we just stretch him, that would leave $7 of Dang's salary on our books for next year. And we would have to ask... LeBron James and Paul George to maybe take a one to two million dollar pay cut each to make the money work in order to keep Randall's 12.4 cap hold on the books. But essentially, in my scenario, we we trade for Wilson Chandler, Daryl Arthur, get a 2019 first, ship that off to San Antonio with B.I. and Josh Hart and our own future first. And we're able to keep Julius Randall, Lonzo Ball, Cal Kuzma and LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard are on the team. Obviously, we would love to have the scenario where it's LeBron James, Paul George, and none of the young guys are untouched. But if Paul George decides to put a wrench into all of that, we might end up having this scenario where we take LeBron James and we have to trade for Kawhi Leonard and unfortunately relinquish some of our young talent now. Um, So, Alan, I guess what are your thoughts on potentially having this angle where, yeah, it's, it's not great that we have to give up our young guys, especially because in the scenario where we do get Kawhi Leonard and have to give up young guys, you would hope that it would be Paul George and LeBron James. In this scenario, it's just LeBron James. But are you okay with this this angle if the Lakers and Spurs end up consummating a deal like this? Uh, uh, I'm like okay with it, but dang, I don't know. Honestly, um, hot take time right now. How many, uh, sorry, I, didn't, I wasn't able to, like, look up all the specifics of the guys' contracts and stuff. D- does, like, Fareed and Darrell Arthur and those guys have, like, two more years on their contracts? No, I think it's an expiring. So, it's literally, they oh, would just be just, used. All oh, three so of them just, are expiring. Oh, yeah, they, they would just the be books. used for this year. And Wilson Chandler is actually a useful player. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah right, right. 
and Denver's pick would be somewhere like mid first round, basically just like this past year, like 14, 15, 16. So yeah, or maybe they, yeah, maybe does, they make the playoffs, but yeah. And they'd be like right on the edge. Um, I mean, it does sweeten the pot for sure. Uh, and I wouldn't like it, <laughs> but so, I mean, we'd be giving up BI, which is obviously the worst part of it. Um, but we wouldn't be giving up multiple. I mean, you did include Josh Hart in there too. I mean, I'm not very high on that idea, no. But at the same time, it's like you're getting freaking Kawhi Leonard, assuming that he's healthy. And, uh, damn. I don't know, man. I I'm, think it, yeah. Go ahead. I think it only sucks because you know that there are other scenarios yeah. that are much better. And we're so close to it. And to not have a scenario, because there's literally a scenario you can get LeBron in a superstar B and not have to give up any of the young guys, but we're kind of... But then again, Kawhi Leonard, if, if he's healthy, when he's healthy, is a top five player yeah, who was talked Kawhi about... Leonard. Yeah, he was in con- in contention with LeBron James and Kevin Durant for the best player, you know, during the last three years or so. Um, so I guess if you zoom out in that respect... It, yeah. And, and maybe some of the calculus of the Lakers thinking about how they let Paul George slip is working in in their heads as well. So. Uh-huh. Against them just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want to get something, you got to give something. And um, not that Josh Hart is going to hang it up, but it's like, damn, just one more piece that we have to give away, you know. Um, if they did it, I guess I'd be like, all right, fine, you know. But uh, like you said, knowing that there are so many other scenarios that could conceivably work out, it just makes it more bittersweet for sure. Um, but I wouldn't blame them for going for it. Yeah. Tommy, what about, what about your thoughts on one, the Denver rumor and potentially getting like a, an extra first round pick to kind of meet San, not meet San Antonio in the middle, but just allow them to feel a little better about themselves. You know what I mean? Um, and then two, if you had the choice, would you rather, have LeBron James trade some trade BI for Kawhi Leonard. Let's say it's even straight up. You get LeBron James and you have to trade BI for Kawhi. Uh, you still get Lonzo, Kuzma, Randall and all that. Or would you rather have LeBron James and then DeMarcus Cousins on a one-year deal and none of the young guys are touched? Yeah, the second hypo is like so hard, dude. It's just like uh, I, I go back and forth on it. It's easy, um, dude. It's easy because in in the second hypo, not to answer for you, but the second hypo, you could potentially have Bi and Kawhi on the same team the next year. I know. <laughs> I don't know. It's dude. just risky to kick that can down the street when you can I, just no, get it. No, it is. Yeah. It is, especially no, if Paul George doesn't sign, right? Because Paul yeah. George was yeah. the given. But yeah, I mean, I don't know that that hypo is just it's too confusing for me. I don't like that hypo. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, two birds in the hand this is so much one fox <laughs> it's in too much the um but the denver rumor i mean i would be cool with that actually i'm not actually sure what the middle is right because we're getting such slanted uh it's it seems like constant extremes on both ends of like you know you get espn yesterday reporting it's going to cost you know uh, B.I. Kuzma Hart two firsts, <laughs> you know, Genie to get bus, Kawhi. Genie Bus's dog. <laughs> the entire yeah. practice facility. Exactly. It's like this absurd extreme. And then even today, it was like, I thought some of the rumors were pretty aggressive. And then you get rumors at the end of the day of like, oh, they haven't even really offered B.I. yet. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's like, what the hell is what's happening here? So I think the, yeah, it's just, it's so hard to gauge what the market actually is. Like, are the Lakers trying to acquire this Denver pick as the only pick that they use in the trade? Because Rob and Magic have made it so clear in every interview they give that they really covet first rounders. Like, they spent half their press conference after they traded Nance and Clarkson talking about how they really wanted to get that first rounder. You know, it wasn't about really making... Cap flexibility was not a huge... It was really all about that first rounder. So maybe they just don't want to give up any of their own first rounders as part of the trade. So they're like, okay, well, we'll go out and get a first rounder in a way that mathematically still allows us to make a trade with you. You know, so... I don't know if if that's the case, then yeah, you just, you do it. You're getting Kawhi Leonard. He's a top five player in the NBA when he's healthy. And if you put him and LeBron James on the same team, you immediately become a title contender and like a serious title contender. So I I like, I I know it's like, I know it's frustrating because there's so many scenarios where it like you said, it could be a lot easier and we wouldn't have to give up anybody and, those are all ideals, but you have a chance to get Kawhi now and for like not too significant of a price. And I think you just have to do it. Yeah. I think I fall along the same lines as well. Um, and, and maybe the Lakers get that Denver first rounder take on Wilson Chandler and Daryl Arthur, and they take that 2019 first and ship it to the Atlanta Hawks or the Chicago Bulls, who are two of the three teams that are willing to take on contracts for picks. And maybe the 2019 Denver pick is enticing to them. You know, Denver will probably make it top 10 protected or whatever, but they barely, I mean, they just missed the playoffs last year. So Maybe they make the playoffs next year, but that'll still be like a number 16, 17, you know, pick. And so maybe that's enough for the Bulls to take on or Atlanta to take on Luau Deng. And then with that extra space, you know, we uh, we trade Hart and B.I. and our own first to sp- the Spurs to get Kawhi. And, and the way the, the reason why the money works out a little better is Kawhi Leonard, his next contract this coming upcoming year, he's only making $20 million. So it's not going to be like Paul George signs and he takes up $30 million. We actually have like $10 million in wiggle room um, to play with um, if we trade for Kawhi Leonard next year. So that helps out a little bit. But yeah, with all that said... I don't know how long this episode is going to be relevant when I push it out. Um, it's going to be crazy, especially tomorrow with LeBron James's opt-in decision coming. I think the best course of action for the Lakers, especially if they're sure about LeBron James, is to continue to puff their chest and play that leverage card. If, if they know LeBron is coming, then the next step would be for one, LeBron James to then opt out of his player option. And once that happens, then the Spurs get extra desperate because LeBron James is probably going to go to the Lakers. If he opts into his player option or with the Cavs, then that kind of widens the field for him in terms of trade sign and trade scenarios. But if he opts out, then it kind of becomes a little more clear, like, oh, the Lakers make the most sense because that closes off like Houston and all these other teams that can sign and trade for him, right? And at that point, the Spurs are going to be left sitting there and, and probably just asking for the best they can get. And so from there, the next step after that, obviously, would be for LeBron James to sign. And after that, I think the Spurs just lose all leverage. So, um, Alan, any last thoughts? Um, 
How you feeling? Pretty, you feeling good? What do you, pretty, how you feeling? I'm pretty sure LeBron's going to opt out. I mean, he was cliff jumping today. Like, <laughs> if you just look at, like, his Instagram story, he's just having the time of his freaking life. And he seems so carefree and relaxed. And he's just chilling with his family and doing crazy stuff. Like, definitely has his mind made up, you know. And, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think there's any way that he opts into that. He better freaking not. It's going to ruin my day tomorrow if he does. <laughs> Yeah, we'll try and be as uh, on-call as possible. Uh, Tommy, your overall sentiments right now. I think this will be our last episode before free agency eve or actual free agency on Saturday, 9 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, I think we're going to know by the end of the weekend that LeBron's coming to the Lakers. And I think after that happens, this Kawhi stuff is really going to get insane dude i think if if we thought today and yesterday was insane i think it's just gonna go to a whole different level of craziness um after lebron james announces that he's coming here can we take a second and just like acknowledge how fun this has been <laughs> compared to like the last couple years it's been so and just fun. like express some gratitude to the basketball gods I thought you were going to say, can we take a second to pour one out for Tyler Ennis? Ayo! Uh, nah, dude, I'm going to pour it out. I'm going to drink it. Are you kidding me? I'm going to waste that on him. That's the real lit news. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I agree with you. It's been fun, and the fact that we are at the center of everything is... Uh, it feels like we're almost back. You know, for we the just first need to time get the, since we started this podcast. Day, we, just need to, we just need to make things official, man. We just need to see it in stone. You know, let's have LeBron James carve it. In stone, using a chisel, stone and chisel. I just, we're, we're, we're so close, but it, it's been fun. It's been lit. Lit? Lit, 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 lit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, with that said, we'll catch you guys later. Um, free agency is going to be, yeah, just buckle up, strap on, and uh, wank, get wank. your tweets a wank, wank. Get your Twitter up, get your pizza, strap on. <laughs> Uh, follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod, and again, please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, we work very hard to get this out in very timely fashion. It's free to rate and review us, um, even if you want to call us corny. Just give us five stars. All right. With that said, we will catch you guys next time. And if anything crazy breaks, we'll we'll try and hop on as well. With that said, happy free agency, everybody. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. I don't know. <laughs> what the hell, dude? Are you high? <laughs> what was that? I don't know. <laughs>
And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Yeah, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states.